0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to James Cameron's Titanic Scene by Scene. I'm Brittany Butler.
1: I'm Ethan Brem.
0: And now we are moving on to. I'm not actually even sure what this scene's called. I'm going to call it A Mathematical Certainty. That is one of the titles on the Blu ray DVD. And that's a pretty good one. Pretty good title, I think, for this upcoming scene. Really, really good. It's
1: the most memorable part, I think.
0: Really good stuff. Before we get into it, I have two shorter emails I'd like to read. This first one is from Daryl, and the subject is father-daughter time. And this just kind of made me laugh the way he worded this. He said, hi guys, tough guy dad here. This was and still is my daughter's favorite movie. I divorced when this movie came out, and she was nine at that time. I had her every weekend, and we started all weekends with her favorite movie. When I say that I may have watched it a thousand times is not an exaggeration. Kelly is now a wonderful mom of my two grandsons, Jackson, parentheses Jack, and Dawson. Oh, that's cool. I know. We have this movie and a lifetime of memories. I now look forward to your podcast to remind me of just how wonderful these memories are, Daryl.
1: That's cool, yeah. It's Isn't that really so cool.
0: nice? Because I always thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, when I have a son, like, his middle name is going to be Dawson, or, like, there's going to be some connection to Titanic.
1: Yeah. That's cool.
0: That's really cool. Jackson and Dawson. <laughs> nice. Love it. Now, here's another one from Joshua. Hey you guys, I just started listening to the podcast last weekend and I've already caught up. What you guys are doing is absolutely amazing. I've been a super fan since I was 8 years old when the movie came out and I was also not allowed to see it right away either. I had to wait until my aunt and uncle lended my parents the VHS. This movie changed my life dramatically. It's something I carry with me every day and a love that will never die. Thanks to you guys, I now have something that makes me think about it from a whole new dimension. Seriously, thank you guys. I can't wait until I get to listen to the next episodes. I could go on and on. Much love from Germantown, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's WI, right? hmm Yeah. Josh. So, yeah... Nice. Really cool. I just love it. It's so nice. Like, just knowing how many people out there just love Titanic this much and that what we're doing is quote-unquote absolutely amazing. I'm like, okay, we try, but (laughs) the adjectives, I'm like, thank you guys.
1: Um, That's cool, though. No, thank you. That's really cool. That's good we got to do, too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like one episode we should do, like, nothing but emails. (laughs) So getting into the scene so this basically starts right with fabrizio uh jumping out of bed probably swearing in italian i don't know (laughs) and uh he's just you know they're like i said third class they were already feeling the ramifications of this they they already got like three inches of water down there or something they're like what is going on
1: rats and stuff
0: and yes, there were really rats on the Titanic, I guess, according to the historians. Yeah,
1: how do you think they got there? Through?
0: They must have got in there like when they were actually building it, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's weird. Or just while they were docked. Like, who knows how they got on there? But huh. they, they find places to hide. And yeah, I gotta love Tommy. <laughs> Come on, hurry up! <laughs> yeah, so the, like I said, so yeah, they're already feeling that impact. And, again, they do a lot of contrasting, like, they they do it throughout the movie, contrasting first class and third class, but they do it a lot in this scene, just cutting back and forth. So, you know, we see Fabrizio and Tommy and all of them down where they're at, already feeling the water, and then they cut right after that to the Countess coming out of her cabin in the first class. It's dead silent for her. All she knows is that the engines have stopped, and that's when she asks that steward, "Excuse me, you know, why have the engines stopped?" I felt a shudder. <laughs> I always have to say that line. <laughs> I know. That's how she says it, basically. I know. <laughs> um, and so, but but it is true. It is dead silent in yeah. this scene, and and you do realize how loud the engines really were. Yeah. So that when the engines are off, you realize, wow, this really something feels off right now. Like this is. Yeah. Um, and that's really all she knows is that, yeah, something's not right. And then with that steward that she asks, you know, he said... I shouldn't worry, madam. We've likely thrown a propeller blade. That's the shudder you felt. May I bring you anything?
1: No, thank you.
0: And it's interesting that they included the steward saying that... It was a propeller blade uh, because, according to, I believe, the Illustrated History book, that is what Ismay's first thought was. Uh-huh. His first thought was, oh, it was probably a propeller blade, something like that. So They show him walking, looking a little bit distressed, Yeah, which they show right now, which is another contrasting parallel back-to-back. So we get that big shot of the Titanic at a standstill um, that's sort of like... Um, filmed from below and it kind of comes up a little bit mm-hmm. and it has that music that da, da. and then that's when it cuts to the rats and Tommy saying if this is the direction the rats are going it's good enough for me Yeah, uh, because it's true though the rats are going yeah, to run to where know.
1: they know the ship layout better than other because they know where they're how
0: to get out of there? Yeah, or and they just know I'm. We're going away from the water. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> wherever that is, that sort of contrast from. Okay, here's the third class running away from the water and following rats. Yeah, and then it immediately cuts from that to a carpeted first class floor, and Ismay walking in his slippers <laughs> is what it's contrasted <laughs> with immediately, and it's so funny. I never put that together like i never thought of that as being a look at the difference between
1: do you think there was a like a stark difference between the survivors if they were made up mostly of first class or third class or if they were just didn't matter like they just were combined
0: i actually have that right here what is that it's a special collector's edition of TV Guide. Oh, let me see. That it. was for It was for the 20th anniversary of Titanic. Oh, cool. And it has all this information in it about the ship That's and the cool. movie. Um, so it says pa- uh, the uh, amount of passengers saved, first class, out of the women, it was 97% of first class okay. women were saved. And only 33% of first class men. Hmm. And then the children in first class, they all survived, according to this. That's good. Um, and then second class, the children, 100% of them, boys and girls. Nice. And then 86% of second class women and only 8% of second class men. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and then third class, only 45% of female, female children.
1: Oh, no way.
0: Yeah, only forty-five percent of female children, twenty-seven percent of male children
1: survived. Yep, that's crazy.
0: In third class, and then forty-six percent women in third class, and sixteen percent men.
1: Wow, so never so that was so more men though in third class than second class.
0: Weird. Weird. But you know, it was the women and children first thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, But then again, that does show a stark difference between the class if you look at it, right? Yeah. It's like first class and then the third class stuff. It's like, yeah.
1: And then 87% of, what is that, crew and 20? Crew. What are the two numbers? So
0: 87% female crew and only 22% male crew. Wow.
1: So those numbers were similar to first class. Well, kind of. They're like a cross between first and second class, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. But it does show you the class difference, right? Yeah. Third class, definitely the lowest survival rate.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting.
0: Well, aside from the men, the second class men was pretty low. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's really low. I wonder if there's a reason for that. It's weird.
0: But yeah, so that's the only real shot we get of Ismay. He's kind of wrapping up his bathrobe, and he's a little a little distressed, thinking, okay, what the heck just happened? I'm going to run to the the meeting right now. And then... It cuts to Cal making a scene, which, by the way,
1: he's such a fool right here.
0: <laughs> don't you love the way he's literally acting? Yes, he's acting. Yeah. Like I don't know why I never put that together for some reason, but he's putting on a show right now. Yeah, he when when he steps out of his cabin, he's <sighs> 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 yeah like dramatically looking for someone.
1: <laughs> Billy Zane is acting like someone acting.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and that's what he that's what he's
1: doing. <laughs> he's such a fool in this scene.
0: Cal is acting. You there. Sir, there is no emergency. Yes, there is. I have been robbed. Get the master's arms. Now, you moron! Yes, sir. And I always thought it was interesting, too. For some reason, I always thought that this steward was telling him, like, was shutting him up. Yeah. Saying there is no emergency. Like, telling him that, like, whatever happened is more important than what he's going to tell him.
1: I was thinking of it as like, oh, no, don't worry about the collision. Like, it's nothing. Exactly, yet.
0: that that is what it was. But for some reason in my head as a kid or uh, whatever, I just always took it as Cal making a huge deal of whatever he's about yeah. to say. The steward or whatever, knowing... That the collision's more important than him telling him Sir there's no emergency yeah, like, With you yeah, right you. Yeah
1: you're nothing you, What you're concerned about Is stupid
0: Yeah but that's not what it was That's not the intention Yeah But it's just kind of funny The way funny. that's how I I always saw it Until recently Especially
1: if you see it As a young age At a young age And just your whole life You just It stays the same As how you saw it When you were a kid I'm like that with stuff too mm-hmm.
0: But yeah But anyway, but yeah, so that's what he was trying to say. He was trying to tell him, oh, there's no emergency. Like, don't worry. But then he's like, yes, there is. I have been robbed.
1: (laughs) He's so stupid.
0: He's so ridiculous. And then uh, Lovejoy saying, fetch the master at arms. And then, yeah, he says, now you moron. And it's like, seriously? Moron? Okay.
1: Have I not said I'm rich?
0: I know. He has zero respect for everybody.
1: Yeah. He's a good villain. Yeah. Just you hate you hate him. You're like this guy's the worst. He's fun. Yeah. He's and it just his acting. Billy Zane just he chooses so so well. <laughs> he, yeah. So
0: over the top. Yeah. Yeah. So Cal's already totally putting this whole acting plan into motion of this thing that he you know was going to frame Jack for, which we haven't gotten to yet. But that's the plan. So then it cuts to passengers on the deck playing soccer with some of the ice which is a real thing that happened because no one was really sure what was going on and then they show those two guys hey you're gonna miss all the fun did you see what happened no apparently it hit over there and they're all just talking like it's no real big deal and Jack and Rose go walking up the crew and the captain and Mr. Andrews they pass them and they're Talking about all this other stuff, which is apparently also pretty accurate. Boiler room six is flooded eight feet above the plate, and the male hold is worse. She's all
1: buckled in in the forward hold. Can hop. you shore up?
0: Not unless the pumps get ahead.
1: You've seen the damage in the mail hold.
0: No, she's already underwater. And so, of course, this is where Jack makes the biggest understatement of the century. Where after hearing all this murmuring from the crew and the captain, he says, "This is bad." Oh, every time he says that, I'm like, you have no idea, honey. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there was a deleted scene where he was trying, like, Jack was trying to figure out what went wrong with the ship, and he's, like, looking over the the side, and he's like, Well, it looks all right. I don't see anything.
1: Could it have damaged the ship?
0: It seem like much of a bump. I think we're all right. <laughs> like, the way he's talking is, like...
1: So unnecessary. <laughs> oh my gosh James Cameron with these scenes right now
0: (laughs) and that was also that scene Rose had taken a piece of ice and then she puts it down Jack's uh, back of his shirt they start like play fighting oh my
1: goodness why what is this
0: they start play fighting and he picks her up and he goes that's it you're going overboard
1: (laughs) more ice puns please (laughs) perfect timing
0: yeah he's like you're going overboard I'm like great line yeah um. Yeah, so Jack says this is bad, and Rose says we should tell Mother and Cal, which uh, I remember exactly. I saw someone say, like, mm, yeah, don't tell them.
1: Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> I do kind of have, this is, like, the first thing in the movie that I've kind of had a slight issue with.
0: It was contrived a
1: little bit. Yeah, this is the only time I've felt that, at least so far, because I don't remember every bit of this. It's been a while. Now. Also partially because I couldn't remember exactly how it played out. Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure I love this drama here that's to come in a minute here yeah I don't know it's like the only part so far where I'm like yeah I don't know I could do without it yeah yeah.
0: it serves as like this test of Rose's trust and you know no I
1: know yeah that's the thing I couldn't remember exactly what the result is because it wasn't in the scene and I'm trying to like just do it literally scene by scene as we go because I want the notes to be fresh Mm -hmm. but um
0: yeah, because I, as I said that line, I was like, yeah, that feels like a little bit of a... Yeah, a, a little bit of a contrivance.
1: Um, Yeah, that's exactly what I put in my notes.
0: You know, we should tell Mother and Cal. It's like, should you? Yes,
1: yeah, as soon <laughs> as she said that, I was like, ooh, that feels like it's not earned for some reason. That's like the first thing. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Because it's like this whole time, she's been trying to run away from them, and then she's like, we should tell Mother and Cal. If she had said,
1: I need to warn my mother, that's one thing, but like, she mentioned Cal, and I was like... Why? Yeah. Like, that's just such an easy omission you could have made. Just leave his name out. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It was weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Or even just not even specifying anyone. Like, we should tell...
1: Like, we need to go warn people. Yeah. Yeah. We need to go tell everyone. Yeah. Or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Or is it, yeah, it's like, we should warn...
1: We should tell Fabrizio.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he just subbed it. You know? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, they needed the excuse to get back to the cabin somehow. Yeah. But, I mean, I think... I mean, even without saying we should tell mother and cal, I mean, I think it makes sense if it is an emergency to go back to your family.
1: Not but Cal though is what I said I would be Yeah. That's what I was saying, I would have been fine if she just said, I need to go find my mom. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she throws Cal's name, like, she's still thinking about. Yeah. I mean, I get you're engaged, but, like, I've gotten them under the impression that you really don't care about this dude, even though you're engaged. Like, you have no cares about this guy. Yeah. Like, what? there's 2,000 people on this ship. Like, why is he the person you're thinking of not, Mm -hmm. you know? It's being put on the same level as your mother. Like, I get we sympathize with your mother at this point. But, yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, I guess because they're in the same suite. Like, I don't know.
1: Maybe. But I don't know. It was weird, though.
0: It was. Yeah. Just her saying, like, I should we should get back. Maybe.
1: Yeah. If I was reading the script and proofreading it, say, I would have immediately circled that. and i had been like, yeah, it needs to be changed. So it needs to be said some other way.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think maybe. Yeah. Even just saying that, like, this is bad. Like, we should get back or like something. Yeah, to... We need
1: to go warn people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. But I do like the way that Rose goes back with Jack, like, very defiantly. Like,
1: with his, her yeah, holding his hand. Yeah, like, she's she's down, making yeah. a statement
0: uh, by doing that. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, does that sort of cancel it out? Like, even if she says we should tell Mother um, and Cal, it's like, I'm still showing up with you on my arm. But, yeah,
1: the fact that she just mentioned him, though, is, I don't know if it, it, yeah. it's still getting not bother me.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. But I do think it's funny how... They show the guy looking at the drawings that Jack left over. I think they're very good, sir.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do like that, too. That was funny.
0: And Cal just rips them out of his hands. (sighs) And he's like, don't touch anything. I want the entire room photographed. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, too, because he knows nothing was really stolen. Yeah. He's just putting on a scene for these people.
1: Yeah, he's being a little toddler is what he's being.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I love how you can quietly hear... As Jack and Rose, you know, are walking towards the suite again, she says, just keep a hold of my hand. Yeah. Like, you can hear her say that, and then he says something, and I can never make out what it is. But yeah, and then Lovejoy, we've been waiting for you, miss, or we've been looking for you, miss. And then her saying, oh, here we go. And Lovejoy, yes, slips the diamond into his pocket as he's walking. Yeah, and so something that stood out to me in this scene now when, you know, her and Jack come back and she says something serious has happened. Cal says, yes, it has. And Lovejoy gives him the look to say, okay, the necklace is planted. You can do it up now. It's time to, you know.
1: Does he think that she's referring to her and Jack now? Like something has happened? Like, I don't want to be with you anymore? Is that what he thinks? That's what I thought.
0: I don't know. The point of this, you know, the whole framing Jack or whatever, it's just one other thing that he's trying to do to keep them apart. Yeah. To get her to doubt that he's a good guy, to, you know, make Cal look like a good guy, to make Jack look like a bad guy. Yeah. To Rose. And you can see her start to have some doubts, actually, the way, the yeah, way this plays out. I know. Out.
1: That's why I'm like, oh, no. Like, I didn't, like, that's, I just don't, I was I was so uncomfortable with it. Mm. I don't know. like Like I said, I didn't remember how it played out. But I just didn't I was so in on their relationship mm-hmm. and especially the scene that I prior that just happened. I would have rather she would have been like, no, he didn't do. He couldn't have done that. You planned that. There's something. Yeah.
0: But I, then you think of it realistically, this is a whirlwind romance. They've known each other for three days or something. Yeah, all right. Like it's all, but that's like so much to do in such a little amount of time. Yeah. And now suddenly she's potentially thrown this curveball. That you know, we eventually see not only did he apparently steal the diamond, but the coat he's wearing was also stolen because he borrowed it. Yeah, that's one extra layer of doubt, I think that the that the fact that the coat also happened to be. yeah, stolen.
1: that's apples and oranges though. one thing's worth thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in the. No, other No, but things, it's just
0: going to show that it's like, oh, well, if, he stole this coat then maybe he's willing to yeah yeah, then maybe he did also steal this you know but yeah but something that stood out to me in this scene you know when she says something serious has happened he says yes it has and then he goes indeed two things dear to me have disappeared this evening now that one is back i have a pretty good idea where to find the other he's calling rose a (laughs) thing and he's equating her to the necklace
1: well yeah you're supposed to be upset about it.
0: Cuz we've talked about this before of like oh him like Cal thinking of Rose as property. Yeah. Like that's like one thing to say it and just like not really mean it, but just like that's just kind of the way it was. Yeah. Or whatever, but he's literally calling her a thing in this scene.
1: Yeah, it's he's being very rash, but he's man, I will say Billy Zane he just want to slap this dude
0: mm-hmm. he just
1: has i don't know i mean he plays it well and he just has no offense billy but you got one of those faces in this movie where you yeah. want to slap you
0: but yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> two things dear to me so yeah so the necklace is as dear to him as rose and they're both things apparently so yeah <laughs> isn't that great yeah
1: he's almost like more concerned about the necklace
0: yeah. So now that one is back, I have a pretty good idea where to find the other. Search him. <laughs> and I honestly laughed really hard when Jack said, now what? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> he says it like such a young boy. Like, in the face he makes, he's almost laughing. Because he's like, what is wrong with you yeah, What is like, happening? What now? It's just so like, really? Really? <laughs> like, the ship just hit an iceberg, and now you're like, take your coat off, son. Now what? <laughs> oh, my God oh man and then yeah suddenly like immediately is this it (laughs) holding up the necklace and Cal that's it (laughs) and uh yeah then Jack just being completely like you've gotta be kidding me yeah and you know Rose like oh this is absurd and then perhaps he did it when you were putting your clothes back on dear she was like, I was with him the whole time. You know, just like planting all these things in her head, you know?
1: Yeah. Also, but she took her clothes off a second time, and so did he.
0: Oh, like in the car or whatever?
1: Yeah, like it could have fallen out. Like for him to just have it in his pocket the whole time, like she's like all touching him and stuff, and I don't know. It'd be a little bit too risky.
0: But honestly, like, I still buy this scene though. Like, I feel that feeling of when you know you're telling the truth. And yeah. trying so hard to get someone to believe that. Yeah. Like I do feel that pain. Like I hate that feeling. No,
1: I feel it too. And that's why it's like I hate it. I hate this. I hate this part, um, not necessarily as a filmmaker's perspective, but just I just don't like the feeling mm. that I get when it happens. I hate when like characters you love are unjustfully put in a situation where now like everyone's against them and or you feel like the person who did have their back and vouch for them um, is now second-guessing their decisions. I want their relationship to remain pure, like mm-hmm. super pure. Not in the biblical sense. I'm talking about, like, you know, yeah. like there's no conflict. I mean, obviously there's conflict, they bicker, yeah. but whatever. But I don't want there to be any big stuff like second-guessing. Now that she's already jumped, the second-guessing, she already had that. And that was the inherent stuff with her own expectations of her, or the expectations put on her. And so now that she's having second guesses because of other outside stuff, to me, she already seemed to make that commitment Yeah. to be with him. So to make, I don't know.
0: Like I was saying, since this is so fast, like I could see that. Like she's... She's in this mindset where she's just moving, 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 just fast, fast, fast with this guy and everything's great. And then suddenly it's like a slap of reality, maybe like, wait a minute, like maybe this was too good to be true. Like
1: maybe I shouldn't have just said I was going to leave with him. But her saying like, I'm going to I'm going to leave with you when we get there. Like that's her basically saying I'm committed to you now. Like I know. Yeah. And to say I know and then to have a moment where she doesn't know even briefly that quickly after that soon after it, I don't know, like, that bothered me a little bit. I wanted to trust her character. If you are at the point in life where you know something, it doesn't matter what well, anybody else does.
0: Then I think you might at least like w- the line that they give us later to explain this.
1: Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't remember. Just tell me off the record. What happened?
0: So, like, later on, when she goes down to rescue Jack, because they take him to jail ship jail basically that's
1: right
0: yeah um she decides she's like whoa, whoa, whoa. when after she finds out the ship is actually sinking wh- okay where would the master at arms take someone under arrest she runs around trying to find them and then she gets down there and he's like oh my god like rose blah, blah blah and he's like how'd you figure out i didn't do it and she said i didn't i just realized i already knew
1: gotcha yeah that's good that's a good way of resolving it.
0: But yeah, it's just it's just intense with, the, you know, don't you believe them, Rose, don't. <laughs> He's like, easy enough for a professional. And then he says, yeah, real slick, Cal. Rose, they put it in my pocket. <laughs> or whatever, and then <laughs> shut up right after that for it to be not even your pocket, is it, son? Property of A.L. Ryerson. And then oh, I, I just borrowed that. I was going to return it when they're like, oh, that was reported stolen today.
1: We have an honest thief. They're like, yeah
0: oh look at that oh we have an honesty I love that line though he's like he's like, this was reported stolen today oh, I just borrowed it I was going to return it oh we have an honesty honest oh my god
1: oh man
0: <laughs> but no, yeah I, I, I do like that line yeah real slick cow
1: <laughs> sound, it's, when, as soon as you said that it reminded me of a way like Shia would have delivered that like old school Shia I don't know why as soon as you said that I that, was like funny. that feels like a way Shia would have said it
0: Cause it's like he made it into like one sentence, like real slick cow rolls. They put it in my pocket. Yeah, like I was
1: like Shia used to do that stuff on even Stevens all the time. <laughs> just reminded me of that for some reason.
0: Uh, but it's I, also just kind of funny to think of someone in 1912 saying real slick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like we said before, Jack's like he's such a modern colloquial like version of somebody who existed in
0: 1912.
1: Yep. <laughs> he's almost like too modern for the time period.
0: Uh, I love him though.
1: Yeah, he's great.
0: And also with the name of that jacket, uh, Ryerson, that was a passenger name that I guess they just happened to throw out. They were like, hey, let's just oh, call really? it that or whatever. But they didn't stop to think about like the actual owner of the coat in that picture that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And that person's name was Edward Crosby. I guess okay. he really owned the coat.
1: Yeah. The next scene just kind of like the next scene I was so just enthralled by the dialogue. Mm hmm. It might be like one of the best back and forths. Oh, yeah. At least not related to Jack and Rose in the whole thing, just Mm -hmm. the way they were kind of the nuts and bolts of the thing and how it was like mathematic and like scientific, you know, and it was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. You really get to see outside of maybe perhaps like the present day stuff. It was a really cool scene. I liked it a lot. And so I was just like listening. I was like, holy cow, this is a cool scene. And I literally just wrote great scene in my notes.
0: (laughs) So yeah, so they're pu- they're pulling Jack out of the suite, and yeah, it's it's just it's that desperation though. He's like, you know, I didn't do it. You know me. That's like the last thing he shouts. Yeah. Because it's like he really was being honest with her this whole time.
1: Yeah. Like if she had asked him about the coat, he probably would have said she would have been like, is that your coat? She, he would have probably been like, oh, I borrowed it. Like it would have probably been something playful, but because it was in the context of the diamond. Then it's like, whoa! Why didn't you tell me about the code? He's like, exactly. "Uh, I don't know. Like, why would I tell you about the code? I don't know.
0: Yeah. So then it cuts straight to the chart room. Chart room. That's at least what they call it in the um, in the screenplay. And Andrews unrolls a big blueprint. Yeah. So now we basically have Mister Andrews describing a lot of the stuff we already heard, like at the beginning with the the computer simulation. Yeah, but he's kind of just going a little bit more technical with it, you know, like really kind of explaining. So he goes,
1: water, fourteen feet above the keel in ten minutes, in the four p, in all three holds, and in boiler room six. That's right, sir. When can we get underway? Damn it! That's five compartments. She can stay afloat with the first four compartments breached, but not five. Not five. As she goes down by the head water will spill over the tops of the bulkhead. at A D deck from one to the next, back and back. There's no stopping
0: it. This was something that I never understood. Again, it was something that I never understood as a kid, and then for some reason that lack of understanding always stuck with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where it's like, even if I read about it, it still didn't make sense. And, you just accepted yeah. it. You're like, yeah, that's what... And yeah. so there was something about this with the um, watertight doors and the way it will spill over the bulkheads the water will spill over the bulkheads the watertight doors did not go all the way up oh, okay there was space at the top of all the watertight doors Weird. and for the longest time i never understood why that would happen because i said okay yeah i was like well then they're not really watertight if the water will just go right over the top um and i felt so stupid oh
1: it's because it's just they figured if it sealed off the bottom it just wouldn't get any higher or what
0: Yeah, it's like it's that it's a scientific thing that I never understood until recently when I asked people in the enthusiast group. Um, and I sounded like an idiot and they were describing me how basic physics works. Um, so basically, it's like they had mapped it out basically so that if four compartments had been breached along the side, right, like the scrape lasted four compartments, that would only be enough to fill. And then, like the amount of water inside the ship will only ever level to the amount of water outside the ship, and then it will f- it'll stay level and it'll float.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think
0: because of the physics, it, it just wouldn't go above the yeah the, the door. Yeah, but the problem was that because it was more than four compartments, uh, like I did a I did my own little science test. I took a a bottle and I cut like a hole in the side and I put it in the water and it didn't sink because I thought, okay, you're in the middle of the ocean with all this water, like how you, how is the water just gonna stop rushing into the ship and it'll stay afloat? Like I just didn't get that, especially if the watertight doors don't go all the way up. But it's because it'll reach a certain point where it'll just stop flooding.
1: It's just even with the, yeah, it's just like even with the hole almost. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seals up, yeah
0: but yeah that, that's basically the gist if anyone else was c- confused about that because I was confused about that for so long and then I finally understood when I did my own little uh, science experiment yeah but yeah this whole dialogue is so good right Yes, yeah,
1: so good. I, I was loving this scene it,
0: and it's also dead silent mm-hmm. this whole scene as yeah. well and yeah and then Smith like trying to chime in like the pumps and then mm-hmm. the pumps buy you time but minutes on yeah
1: oh man it's so good what's the actor who plays Andrews
0: uh Victor Garber
1: Victor Garber dude he's so good in this
0: and he's putting on that slight um, Irish accent. Oh,
1: really? Even just his face when he's walking down the hallway with the stuff, like, and he's passing, yep. like, um, whoever. And he's, oh, like... Oh, I forgot to mention um, that, too. Yeah. Like, he's hearing it, and he's in his head, he's just, like, this is, like, I'm... He's so focused. Yeah. And he's just, like, oh, my gosh, these people don't... Like, the person... Oh, yeah, the guy said, oh, we just broke, uh, whatever. And then... To
0: have Andrews walk by, and he's, like, yeah, no, I, I know the severity of this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't overplay it either, he's just like very stern, like his face is so Mm -hmm. stoic. Yeah, he's Mm -hmm. really good right here.
0: Yep. And the way like he's, you know, he's a little exasperated, you know, he's like he he knows how serious this is and he's putting it all together. The pumps, if we open the The doors The pumps by your time, but minutes
1: only. From this moment, no matter what we do. Titanic will founder. But this ship can't sink. She's made of iron, sir. I assure you she can. And she will. It is a mathematical certainty.
0: It is a mathematical certainty.
1: So good, yeah. It's a mathematical mathematical certainty. That's so good.
0: And I think that line was lifted from A Night to Remember. That is something Andrews really did say, though.
1: Oh, that's why.
0: And that's why it's in both movies. It says that he relayed this information to Captain Smith, stating that it was, quote, a mathematical certainty, and adding that, in his opinion, the vessel only had about an hour before it would completely sink. Um, And yeah, man, wow. What a quote.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, like we said before, you're wrapping your head around all the stages of death and grief and everything right now. And you can see it in the captain's eyes, right? After how much time?
1: It's cool to connect the natural aspect of it to kind of the science behind it because nature is science, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also artistic. It's one of those things where art and science kind of fuse together. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to like wrap that all around the, the ship and the Titanic and say, okay, it's, it was a matter of nature and it's a matter of mathematics just like the movie mm-hmm. is an artistic vision but it's also historical facts right it's like yeah. it's actually what happened and it just always mm-hmm. a matter it you, it took those two forces to sink this thing
0: mm. yeah i love this how silent it is when you know the captain says you know how much time and then Andrews is doing it all in his head, figuring it out. And when I saw Titanic in the theater this time last year at that local theater with 300 people, you could hear a pin drop during the scene. Like at this moment, it was just, you felt that there's nothing you can do right now. And we're just dealing with the facts. And, you know, we're waiting for Andrews to tell us how much time we have here. And, um, It's like maybe six seconds that he stops to think, and it feels like an eternity.
1: Yeah. How much time?
0: An hour, two at most. It does that focus shift from Ismay to the captain, and the captain turns his head, and he's sort of looking straight ahead, Putting, you know again he's going through all the stages right now in his head thinking oh my god not only do we have to try to save as many people as we can in an hour or two but i'm probably going to be dead in an hour or two and yeah this whole ship is going to be gone in an hour or two you know it's like crazy and um
1: because then he asks he asks how many souls right and how many aboard mr
0: murdoch two thousand two hundred souls on board sir and I remember when the, like, when the captain looks and looks off into the distance there when he first hears how much time, I think it was on the audio commentary with James Cameron, he said that he he remembered thinking that the actor wasn't doing enough with his face. He felt like he wasn't giving him enough, like panic or whatever, and he felt like he wasn't doing enough. And then when it got to the editing process, he was like, whoa, he was actually giving me exactly what I need. It's this... Interesting. You know, it's this behind the eyes you can see it of just being really trying to comprehend what he's hearing right now, you know.
1: It was realistic, like that's I feel like how someone would have handled the situation. Mm-hmm. In a theatrical sense, he's not over emoting. Yeah. You know, he's literally just very subtle with his with his emotions. hmm Yeah. Good stuff.
0: And then so yeah, then he asks Murdoch and he tells him two thousand two hundred souls on board. And then you even see Murdoch, they they do a point to show him take a deep gulp.
1: Yeah, you're like, okay, he's thinking how many lifeboats they have, or like whatever, and he's thinking about all this stuff.
0: And also, it was on his watch that they hit the berg. Yeah, it's true. So, it's just a lot. Um, And then, of course, Captain Smith putting it all together in his head, and uh, turns to Ismay and says that line. Well, I believe you may get your headlines, Mr. Ismay. And that's just, man, for, like, writing for that to have been a payoff to the earlier scene with this, you know, this maiden voyage of Titanic must make headlines, <laughs> you know? It's like, well, I believe you may get those headlines.
1: The, also, the way that the trajectory of Ismay, like, early on, he just looks like a jerk, but then, or like, you know, super cocky, and then in this scene, he looks like a little kid almost. Yeah. He looks childish, and... It's just crazy to see how one little event shifts, an event we already knew was going to happen, shifts um, yeah. how we view this character.
0: It is. But that line, I believe you may get your headlines, Mr. Ismay, is infamously known as where the first VHS tape stops. Okay. Okay. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a good place to end. So really good place. Yeah. So when you uh, when you're watching it, it's I believe you may get your headlines, Mister Ismay. Yeah. Cut to black, and then you have to put in the second take.
1: Yeah.
0: On pretty much every release where it's on more than one thing. That's the it ending. Ends. Yeah. It's a strong line to end on. At this point, we really are moving into the next half. You know the. Yeah the ramifications, the fallout of what just happened now is starting now, so... Yeah. Now that we have all the information, we know how it's happening, now we can move into the second half of the movie where all of this plays out, you know?
1: Huh. Yeah. It's a good... It's a good... This scene is really good. It's one of my favorites, too. It is.
0: It is. It's very... Very intense, very emotional, very, um... I mean, I think it does the event justice Mm -hmm. and and what this must have maybe been like and that feeling of needing to accept that all of this is going to happen that quickly you know you feel that
1: yeah definitely
0: yeah i think that's just about everything for a mathematical certainty
1: yeah
0: great phrase great scene Love it. You too. Good stuff. And now heading into the, the real, real nitty-gritty of the whole Sinking of Titanic now playing out. Oh, man. It's just so much to talk about now. Ah. You know, it's like it, it's so much more than just the Jack and Rose story now. Now it's like we're really talking about everything, like all of the history wrapped up in it too, like especially yeah. now. Like before, you know, it was easy to really just focus more on the... The development of the characters and the love story And Jack and Rose and that sort of thing But now we need to bring in a lot of different things
1: Yeah, this next part I mean, this this whole last hour Or whatever it is of the movie
0: Hour, um, hour twenty yeah, Hour twenty-six
1: There's like really, really Some really great moments And like a lot of these scenes are ingrained in my head And I've only seen this movie all the way through Once Really? A lot of good imagery Happening, gonna happen here
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're officially over halfway through the movie now, though. So that's good. We only got about. Let's see. Where do the credits start? Because the credits themselves are like, ten minutes long. So those. So those don't count.
1: Yeah, it's true We should do a whole thing just on the credits.
0: So the credits are seven minutes and twenty-eight seconds. Nice. So we got about an hour twenty.
1: Nice. I think the scenes are spread out more too. Like
0: yeah, they're, and they're like they're. I feel like they're a lot quicker. They're a lot more yeah, um, a little bit more fast paced. But yeah, so about an hour twenty left of the movie, which is technically a full length movie for other movies, but yeah. for us that's like oh man, we're almost done. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get through it and. Uh, As always, please feel free to send us any information you guys want to share about the sinking. anything that's maybe easy to miss that I don't have in any of the books I have. I don't know, just anything. It's just nice to hear a lot of different perspectives and other information from wherever, you know. And of course, as always, send us an email with your personal thoughts. Always great to hear. Follow on all of the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And that'll just about do it, and we will see you guys in the next scene.
1: See ya.